Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The leader of Don Coriel's high-powered attack was Jim Hart, who had his greatest season ever. Hart led the conference in fewest time sack, lowest interception percentage, and the most touchdown passes. He threw 20, most of the spectacular variety. The biggest single factor in the Cards' great season was their superb offensive line. Their forte was pass protection, for Jim Hart was sacked less than any quarterback in the NFL and had ample time to allow his receivers to get downfield for his long passes. Oh, NFL Films is great. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us. And always great to go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line when Pro Football Hall of Famer and Our Town's Dan Deardorff is standing by. Daniel, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, good morning. How's everybody? Everybody's good. Okay, I want to start with this because we heard that. We heard about the sack record that you guys set. And it was that 1975? And the, the offensive line, there was one that they weren't responsible for, correct? Yes. So. Well, actually, uh, uh, the funny part about that season is we went the first seven games without a single sack. And and that was a 14-game season back then. And there we were at the halfway mark, and Jim hadn't been sacked one time. And it 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 was it was it was a heck of an accomplishment. But it also started to become a bit of a of an albatross and. And finally, uh, I believe Terry Metcalf missed the blitz pickup, and we got our first sack, and everybody was semi-relieved, I think. <laughs> and then there was one that was a uh, – uh, was it a bad snap on a field goal that Roger Worley had? No, it was a fake field goal. Okay. And Jim Bakken took off running with the ball <laughs> and got trapped behind the line of scrimmage. And NFL – back then it was the Elias Sports Bureau – uh, they reviewed it and ruled it a sack. We were, we were furious. We were, we were really upset. And then one of them, and one of our sacks, if you can believe this, were mopping up against the New York Jets, and uh, uh, they put in the backup quarterback, uh, a guy named Gary Keithley, mm-hmm. and he audibles to a pass. When we're up like thirty-five to seven at Shea Stadium, and he takes, he gets sacked. And honest to God, I had to keep Conrad Dobler <laughs> from beating him to death at the fifty-yard line at, at Shea Stadium. And now I should have let Conrad go because that would have been a moment that would have lived in NFL films history. It would have been, it would have been spectacular. An offensive guard beating his own quarterback with his dead, lifeless body. It would have been 
<laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, Dan. I should have let him go. <laughs> I know how you feel about Don Coriel's viability for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it looks now he's the only coaching finalist. He needs 80% of the vote to get in. It looks like when a guy gets to that point, he's going to get in. But a lot of people that weren't Michelle wasn't even born when Don Coriel was coaching. What makes right. Don Coriel a Hall of Famer? Well, it's, it's, it's not his coaching record in terms of, you know, Super Bowls won and things like that because he never did win a Super Bowl. And, you know, there are other coaches in the Hall of Fame like Marv Levy and Bud Grant that, that never won a Super Bowl. Uh, but what Don Coriel makes him so deserving is uh, his innovations. And when you... When you were so creative and you came up with a system that was so simple to execute and teach that at one point in time, more than half the teams in the National Football League were running the Don Coriel offense. His passing tree, the same numbers, the same terminology. Heck, you had players that could be traded to one of a dozen different teams and they and they wouldn't even skip a beat because it was ex- exactly the same offense. That's that's why Don Coriel deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. This is his last best shot and I'll be devastated if if he doesn't get voted in. Dan, what was that like for you when he came to the Cardinals? You you guys weren't the team that you were hoping to be at the time. Then Don Coriel comes in and he changes everything. But what was that like to be a part of that team and realize, wow, he's transforming us? Well, it didn't take very long. Uh, if you can believe it, we actually had a coach that thought Gary Quazzo was a better quarterback than Jim Hart. And, and he benched t- uh, Jim Hart. He benched Jim Hart in favor of Tim Van Gelder. And Tim was one of my best friends, but I'm sorry. Uh, that's insanity. And so Don comes in. So not only is he a breath of fresh air because the, 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 he was there for maybe three or four minutes after watching Jim Hart throw the football to realize what he had, but it was, it was so refreshing to play for a guy. Hey, he was a loose spirit. Don was a different kind of guy. He wasn't a real uh, disciplinarian in the sense that, you know, you had to toe the line or or you were going to be shown the door. But he was so creative, and it doesn't take players long to figure out that when the coach is telling you, if you'll do this, it'll work. We figured that out right away. And Dan, at some point, somebody was going to start throwing the ball. You were playing in an era where Franco Harris was running the ball and the Steelers were running the ball 60-65% of the time. And Don Coriel was the guy that essentially turned the NFL into a passing league. If you talk about impact on the league, what coaches had more of an impact than that? Well, and he started it much to the chagrin of, of Tom Landry because Dallas Randy, you'll remember uh, that defense that Dallas used to play, that we called it the flex, where two of their defensive linemen were back off the ball in that little frog-like stance. And, you know, they were were a yard and a half uh, off the football, 
and, and you couldn't get to them. And their, their sole job was to protect Leroy Jordan, their middle linebacker. And it was their first down defense, and it was virtually, you know, it was a grind trying to, to run against that. Well, Coriel went, well, what the heck are we butting our heads up against that for? We'll just throw the ball on first down. And uh, you think that Bob Young didn't just get a smile on his face when he walked up to the line of scrimmage and Randy White was two yards off the ball, back there squatting like a frog? He was, you can't rush the passer from that. So we started throwing the ball, and it drove Landry out of his mind. And, and, and yes, if Don Coriel would have had his way, he would have thrown the ball even more than he did, and we were throwing the ball more than anybody in the league. It was fantastic. Hey, Dan, you played through no fault of your own for teams that didn't have winning records. And here in St. Louis, while we have been unlucky with the the number of wins we had and the ability to keep teams, we had 49 seasons of NFL football here in St. Louis. 15 of those were winning seasons. Yet... We have 10 Hall of Famers, yourself and your three teammates, Larry Wilson, uh, uh, along with Roger Worley and uh, Jackie Smith, and then six from the Rams, and maybe Torrey Holt and probably Don Coriel. For the number of wins we had, the number of Hall of Famers that we had was pretty remarkable. Well, it it really is. And I I know there were people who went, wait a minute, there are more St. Louis Cardinals in the Hall of Fame than Denver Broncos and and." Buffalo, and it's true. Um, now, you notice other than Roger, uh, that's a lot of offense. <laughs> and three of the four, three of the four were offensive guys. Uh, and you know, the well, I take that back. Well, Larry no, Wilson, with Larry, but Larry, Larry preceded Don Coriel in that modern era. Let's face it, we were an offensive football team. Uh, with that coaching staff, and, and that's one thing that I think Don Coriel, uh, it's not one of the first things that people think of when they think of him. But, Randy, when you think about when he came to St. Louis, that his offensive coaching staff was Rod Dahauer, Joe Gibbs, and Jim Hannafin, all three of whom would become head coaches either collegiately or in the NFL. I Don deserves a lot of credit for identifying fine young coaches and enabling them, and he certainly brought them to St. Louis. Yeah, he he was sensational, and we're rooting for for his family. Heck, Dan, it should have happened thirty years ago. That's the the sad part about it is that he's not going to be able to enjoy to enjoy this honor while he was living. Well, the thing that bothered me for a long time about the NFL is that. If you didn't win a Super Bowl, if you didn't play or coach uh, on a Super Bowl football team, well, uh, somehow you were flawed. And that's such a ridiculous concept uh, to, to think that, well, if you didn't play for Pittsburgh or Dallas, you couldn't have been that good. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, I can't imagine what it was like going to work every day in Pittsburgh or Dallas or Oakland in December where you knew you were getting ready for a playoff run versus what it was like for us to go to work in December when you knew uh, that your season was going to end on the last weekend of the season because you were already out of the playoffs. 
um, to play at a high level under those circumstances was something that I was always proud of my teammates for being able to do. We fought and played as hard on the last game of the season as we did on the first. And that's because we had a lot of Hall of Fame characters. And just as an example, uh, and, and I won't use present company, although I easily could, but if Jim Hart is the quarterback of the Steelers and Terry Bradshaw is the quarterback of the Cardinals, Jim Hart is in the Hall of Fame with four Super Bowls and Terry Bradshaw probably is not as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, if you said that in Pittsburgh, they'd, kill me. they'd run you out of town on a rail. The fact of the matter is you are 1,000% correct. And uh, uh, I, I've told people that before. Jim Hart was every bit as good of a thrower of the football and a quarterback, uh, every bit as good as Terry Bradshaw. Uh, uh, and better than uh, some other uh, people that are in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't want to build Jim's case on the back of somebody else. That's, I don't like to name names. But there are a handful of quarterbacks in the, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that weren't as gifted as Jim Hart. Well, Dan, of course, we wanted to get you on to talk about Don Coriel, but we can't let you go without asking you about Michigan. What are your expectations for the, for the Wolverines this season? Well, the defending Big Ten champions are <laughs> going to – they're going to be very good this year. They, hey, we lost uh, a lot of talent defensively. Anytime you lose, uh, we had two number ones and a, a second-round pick off our defense, and – the second-round pick was only a second-round pick because he tore his Achilles uh, in the offseason, David Ajabo. But the fact of the matter is, offensively, we, we may be better this year than we were last year, and defensively, we'll still be pretty good. The reality is, um, it's we play in the Big Ten, but it's all about Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State is loaded again. Uh, they have the most talented roster in the uh, and in the Big Ten, and if we can't beat them in Columbus, uh, you know that's that. It all it's all going to boil down to that. Dan, for heck, fifty years, more than fifty, well, yeah, many more than fifty years, you've been uh, playing football in the fall. Now you are retired. You told us when you announced your retirement you were going to take a fall trip that you've never had the opportunity to take before. Where are you and Debbie going to go? Well, that, that's a good question. She just <laughs> looked at we're in the car. She just looked at me and said, "Well, where are we?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we've kicked around a a fall foliage trip. Uh, we haven't made up our mind what we're going to do. We're probably going to go to Ann Arbor uh, uh, for a couple games in October. And uh, I, we haven't made up our mind yet. Uh, Got it. But this is, this is going to be weird. I'm 73 years old, and uh, uh, this is the first time that uh, I haven't worked ever. So... Um, I'll either get divorced or we're going to have a great fall. I'm, <laughs> and I'm getting the either way look over here. 
And, and last thing, October 10th, you and Chris Pronger have an annual golf tournament to benefit uh, Cardinal Glennon's Children's Hospital. This one is at, at Boone Valley, and it's great. And for those that aren't aware, the uh, the trauma center at Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital is named the Dan Deardorff Emergency and Trauma Center. You, over the years, have done so many incredible things for our community, and you continue to do so. And as all of us in this room as St. Louisans, we can't thank you enough for what you have done, what you do, and what you uh, will continue to do for the St. Louis community because it's been remarkable. Well, thanks, Randy, and thanks, Michelle. I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, my affiliation and our family's affiliation with Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital, uh, I've been on the Board of Governors for over 35 years. Uh, we've done the golf tournament for close to 35 years. Um it's been the most rewarding thing uh, that I've ever been involved with. And, yeah, the fact that, you know, 20 years ago they named the emergency room uh, after me and uh, they hung a portrait of me there, uh, luckily someplace where it won't frighten the kids. <laughs> and, uh, hey, I'll, I'll never live up to the honor they bestowed on me. That's, I've gotten a lot more out of it than I've been able to do for them. Well, Dan, thanks for the time. Tell Debbie that uh, we said hi. Tell her that she should be able to make the decision, by the way. And uh, have Debbie, a- go ahead and tell Randy that you'll do that. If you <laughs> Unbeknownst to most people, I, I make quite a few of the decisions around here. All right, that's enough. That's enough. We're done. Oh, wait a minute. We're breaking up. I can't hear you anymore. Have a great day, guys. See you later. Take care. Right. Goodbye. Thank you. Dan and Debbie Deardorff here on 101 ESPN. All right. That's enough, he says. Amazing. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.